This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Burgett. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. A thrilling Monday with a Vikings victory joining us on the podcast, as he does on these Mondays, to react to the previous Vikings game or what have you over the weekend is uh, Greg Snow as he gets set for some of his uh, Renville County Commissioner duties uh, coming up here today as well. And, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i glad to be a sports fan for days like yesterday when I, I didn't expect him to actually win the game. I mean, Atlanta's a pretty good team. The Vikings are playing a rookie QB. And then the backup to the rookie QB. So then they win. That was that was a lot of fun to watch that game yesterday. Well, Todd, what people don't know is that you and I were golfing yesterday, <laughs> not in the same group, but pretty close to each other. Right. You have the discipline. You have the discipline to uh, tape it and then watch it yep. later. I don't. <laughs> I have to kind of know what's going on out there. So I missed a lot of the action. I did go back and try to catch it, but. You know, I didn't get to see, you know, live it play-by-play, play, which is kind of what we love to do yep. typically, right? We, we want to live this thing play-by-play play and, yep. and figure, out, uh, figure out what went wrong, what went right, and all those facets. But at the end of the game, when you see a W in a situation that screamed we shouldn't get a W, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, I, I, I don't know. Did you, were you living it? Did you know the score when you watched it? Or I did not. They did? No, I'm, I'm, I have no problem not looking at my phone for hours at a time. If I'm doing something like playing golf, I never looked at my phone once all day on the golf course, and then I drive home and I listen to music on the radio home so I don't hear somebody accidentally throw in the score for me, uh, and, and then I get home and, and watch it. And then Tanya arrived home when I had just started watching my recording of the game, and she knew who had won, but she knows not to say anything. Uh, just like you wow. know by now. Don't say anything. I don't want to know. I'm. It, it's more fun for me to watch the game without knowing who's won. So so she's really good at having a poker face and, and not giving away that the Vikings had won that game, even though she knew. But um, pretty amazing stuff for Josh Dobbs. You know, we hear how uh, you know NFL playbooks are thick. It's a lot to learn. And I saw some comments after the game yesterday where, like Jordan Addison said, yeah, he wasn't asking us what plays we were running. He said, but he was confirming with us what route we were running after the play call. He'd look at the receivers and go, okay, you're running this and you're running this, correct? And then they would confirm to him that that was correct. So uh, it was fly by the seat of your pants. Apparently, Kevin O'Connell was chattering to him in his ear right up to that 15 seconds on the play clock every play, helping him look for certain things. And, and then he has obviously outstanding athleticism. Because a couple of the runs he made, especially that one where he hurdled guys down the sideline on fourth down to keep the game-winning drive alive, pretty amazing stuff. It is an amazing story, Todd, when you think about it. And you're right, the playbook and the verbiage. And I was watching Pete Bursich last night on Vikings Recap. Yep. And he's trying to explain some of, you know, all the verbiage that goes on. And, you know, a lot of people, they call it West Coast offense, but then there's so many different languages. And everybody calls something, the same thing, different. So it's the same route or the same pattern or whatever, but they use different words for it. And he's got to adjust all that. I think most people know this, that it's not easy. What maybe they don't know about Dobbs is that he is a, uh, not a rocket scientist, but something like 
a full-on well, genius. He has an aerospace so, engineering degree from Tennessee, in which is. he got in four years of the 4.0 GPA. So he's pretty much a rocket scientist. Okay, so he's just a flat-out genius. <laughs> yes, right? So that's right. You're right. It still doesn't <laughs> trump the fact that now he's got to process this, then he's got to play, and then he goes out and does what he does. Now, his legs were an asset that we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, Kirk isn't that guy. We don't ask him to be that <laughs> no, guy, right? But, that's right? but that's made up for what he didn't know with playbook. Yeah. And then Popalon, KJ out. I mean, I didn't even know about this guy named Jackson. I didn't even know he existed. Hmm. Powell looks like he's doing, uh, doing everything he's supposed to do. Cam Akers is now out for the season, it yep. looks like. Yep. I mean, Dara saw one of the, uh, I don't know if he's the top two or top three rated tackles in the league, Todd. Yep. And he's out. So, I mean, think about the whole scenario that the Vikings had no business winning that game. And now we're at home against New Orleans this next week, and things are looking really good. You know, New Orleans is playing better. They've won three games in a row, so that's no givey, uh, gimme this coming week against New Orleans. But, uh, you know, the, the, the only sad thing about yesterday's game for me was that Jaron Hall didn't get a chance to play because I watched his, you know, the first series, it was three and out. But the second series, he takes over at the 25-yard line. They go right down the field, uh, down to the two-yard line. And then, unfortunately, he's not six feet tall. He barely weighs 200 pounds. So the last thing you want a guy that small uh, in doing, if he's not a running back who knows how to protect himself, is trying to run the ball down at the goal line. Now, he got some pressure. He felt like he could get in. He didn't. And then because of his small stature, it was a regular tackle, it looked like to me. But he was thrown back so ferociously by the 250-pound linebacker because he just doesn't have much weight. There's not enough substance to him to stand up to those tackles and not get slammed onto the turf at uh, 100 miles an hour, uh, which is what happened. Unfortunately, I worry that that will be a problem uh, for him as his lack of size is going to lead to injuries. And right, he didn't even make it out of the first quarter in his NFL start. And it was just a hard tackle, but probably harder on him because of his small size. Todd, was that a third down play? It was. He was trying to get in. Okay, so yep. then I then I don't fault him as much because he had to get in, right? Otherwise, because yep. I'm sitting there going, just dive underneath the legs and be down at the one, you know, and live for another down. But yep. that makes sense to me that he was trying to make the play. I also kind of wanted him to sprint it out to the outside, and then they're only going to go after your ankles. But yep. it, it is what it is. Okay, question of the day then, Todd. Yeah. If he passes all the protocols, what are you doing next week against New Orleans? I'm playing Josh Dobbs. I'm going with the veteran. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not like I'm saying I'm taking him over Kirk Cousins. I'm taking him over a fifth-round rookie who couldn't make it out of one quarter. I don't think that's a big statement. I'm definitely going with Josh Dobbs this week. You have to. Uh, the way he played, how can you bench him now? There's no way you can you can bench him now. The, the old adage is guys shouldn't lose their job because of injury. The bottom line is that happens all the time in the NFL. A guy gets injured, somebody comes in, plays great, the guy doesn't get his job back. That happens all the time. It's just quarterback is so high profile that you don't see it quite as often there. Yeah, I'm super torn on this. Um, obviously, the way Dodds performed makes me scream that um, – uh, he probably should get it, but I, I'm thinking long term. I'd like to see if Hall is possibly a guy that we could hitch our wagon to. If no. we know right now that he isn't, and he you isn't. cited some, you cited some things. Hey, listen, come on, <laughs> don't be so harsh now. You cited some things that uh, possibly could make the brass say, you know what, this 
just isn't going to work. Well, then is Dobbs your guy? You know, he's been with four teams for a reason, Todd. Seven teams. Seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was mistaken. Yeah. Seven teams for a reason. Yep. That doesn't happen um, just by accident. They talked about that on the Vikings Extra last night of, well, why, why did this work? Yeah. And I caution everybody, this didn't necessarily work. It worked for one game. Yeah, that's so, right. So, again, I, I think it's hard to say this is the future. And, and, again, the Vikings are primed right now to sneak into the playoffs. I mean primed, Todd. Yeah. I don't know that that's the best thing for this team in the long term. Yeah. But nobody's going to say, go out and lose. Please go lose. No. We want them to win. That's right. But at the end of the day, we still have to figure out what's going to happen. So, I am sitting here today, and I've said this before, I am going every game that passes, I go to Kirk's house with a contract in my hand that says two years, $44, 45000000 $45 would you sign this? He's going to say no, and every win I come back with a little bit lesser of an offer. <laughs> and I keep and I keep You're saying, a hard negotiator. Are you, sure? <laughs> are you sure? Because bottom line is the Vikings team is looking really good, Todd. I mean, we've got some young receivers that know what they seem to know what they're doing. The line is gelling. I mean, Flores, is he coach of the year? And I don't even think he's eligible. I think they only give it to head coaches. Yeah. But is Flores the coach of the year, Todd? Answer me that. Defensive coordinator of the year? I would think he would have to be. The Vikings have been terrible on defense for for the last few years. And even under Zimmer, the end of Zimmer's tenure, he had bad defenses the last three years. And then last year they weren't any good, obviously under Ed Donatel. Yeah, he, defensive quarter of the year, I don't think they are eligible for overall coach of the year. But assistant of the, the year, award? they have that job. Yeah, they have assistant of the, the year. I don't know that I've ever heard of defensive coordinator of the year. They don't, but it's assistant coach of the year. They do have that. So uh, I, I think you would be eligible for that. And when I say I'm going with Dobbs, that doesn't mean I think he's the future at quarterback. I don't. I don't think they have a healthy QB of the future on the roster. Uh, that's what I think. I think that, that uh, Dobbs will play it out and Hall. Probably it'll be a combination of the two, although Dobbs hasn't shown a, 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 a propensity for injury. Um, but, you know, I... I if they went with Hall, it's not like I would be, oh, what do you do? And that's the dumbest thing move you could make. That would be fine because he looked really good on the on his second drive where he took him right down the field. Uh, I was kind of excited about him, but I do have those injury concerns because of his size. But to win the next game in front of the Vikings against the Saints, Josh Dobbs is your man. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Vikings for 24. That's not what I'm worried about right now. I'll start talking Vikings future QB after the season. And like I said, I don't think he's on the roster and healthy right now. Now, Kirk Cousins is on the roster, um, so he could still be the guy next year. It's not going to be Dobbs or Hall or or Sean Mannion or Mullins, these other four guys. It isn't going to be any of them that is going to be the starting quarterback game one next year for the Vikings. All right, Todd, you're the assistant GM. You and I are walking into the cousin's house. You're kind of talking me off the ledge. What are you offering, Kurt? I'm probably going three for 90 uh, because I think he's got three good years left in him, and he's not going to show up for $22 million. That's so far below market value. Daniel Jones just signed for $42 million a year last year. He's not going to take half of that, injury or not. He's an, he's an established veteran QB who would be coming back to an offense that he was really starting to click with. Um, I think you have to give him 
something. You're, you're trying to get him as cut rate as possible. I, he doesn't have to do that. Cousins has well, enough reputation around the league that he's going to command. It's going to be three for 90 minimum, in my opinion. Okay, I, I could semi, I mean, my friends hear this, they're going to say, Snow, what in the world? I could get on board because I think you could kick the can. The Vikings salary cap in a couple of years, they have like hardly anything on the books. Yeah. So you could maybe kick that can a little bit because you got to sign Hunter at this point and you got to sign Jefferson, right? Those two are going to command huge dollar. So if you front load Kurt to $30 million for this for one year, now all of a sudden you're almost at your $100 million with those three, give or take, pretty close um, for what they're going to command. And your salary cap's probably going to go up to $230 million. Now you got to find 50 guys for $130 million. But I think there's some things that could be done there. So, Todd, again, this is why you need an assistant GM, because you can talk through some of those things and say, come back to earth, Greg. He ain't signing for 22. No. But let's, let's but it, see but it's we doable. get him for Yeah. There's a deal that can be done with Cousins, I, I believe, no doubt. And I think the Vikings are desirous of that. But, uh, like you've just chronicled, it needs to be more cap-friendly than his last couple of contracts have been yeah, uh, I agree. with the Vikings. Hey, Todd, so. I've been I've been pondering this since last night. I needed to ask you this question. All right, punching punching of the football has become a huge thing right now in the NFL. Yep. At what point, when somebody punches for the ball and punches a guy in the face, <laughs> are they going to put a stop to this? I, I don't I don't know how you do. How do you put a stop to guys forcing fumbles? You can't do that. If the guy punches I someone in the face, punch- it's fifteen yards. So. You know, you take the penalty. There's no way they're going to stop that. If they aren't going to sh- stop the brotherly shove in Philadelphia, they aren't going to stop guys punching out the football. That's That seems more prevalent this year, but it's not. They've been doing that for 15 years probably, punching at the football to force it out. I don't see a rule change that you can make that would change that. So if you punch a guy in a fight, you're ejected. Yes. If you punch at the football and hit him in the face, yeah. keep playing. 15 We're yards, good. though. 15-yard penalty. That doesn't help you. So guys do have to be aware of that. They have to be careful when they punch at the ball that they don't punch the guy in the face because, well, yeah, that might draw a penalty on him. Did they call a penalty? I heard rumor they didn't. I didn't see it. On I didn't what? see if they did or didn't. On what? On the one where Addison got punched in the face when they went for the ball. Uh, I, I don't recall. I don't recall okay. seeing that anyway. Uh, okay, so, when, you, when you have a moment in your break today, go and look for that one. Yeah. And then... And then maybe we can talk about it off air because I get a little annoyed by this. But then I see the play last night with Kincaid and the defender as he perfectly timed punches the ball perfectly. Yeah, I mean you couldn't have timed that any better. I know punches it out, and I go, "What a great play!" It was. And then I see the play with Addison, and Addison takes a right cross to the jaw through, you know, and has his head jarred. And I go, "That's a dirty play." Well, really, they're the same play. Yeah. Hey, you know, how, how about this? I, I wanted to ask you this, uh, for example. So Justin Jefferson is uh, what? Uh, some say he's the best receiver in the NFL. That's because we wear purple. Uh, I, I think it's hard to differentiate between him and A.J. Brown in Philadelphia and uh, Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, Tyreek Hill in Miami. I would say you can't differentiate between those top guys. So he's one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. He's in the conversation as the best. He's also in the conversation of being fourth or fifth best in the NFL. So I don't personally believe that he is untouchable. I'm not sure you should be spending 
$40 million a year on a wide receiver, which is what he's going to ask. He wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback in the NFL. And I just think that's too much for a wide receiver, for a guy who may only touch the ball six or eight times a game. Now, I know he changes the defense even when he's even when he's not catching the ball. They have to roll defense to him. That leaves other guys open. So the impact of a clear number one wide receiver is far more than just what he's catching the football. I realize that. But if they would trade Justin Jefferson in the offseason and they could get the same haul that the, that the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill, how good are the Chiefs on defense right now? They're, they're the best defense in the NFL. How did they build that defense? In part because they traded Tyreek Hill because they knew that the rest of the offense could pick it up. They won the Super Bowl the first year he was gone. Miami doesn't beat anybody that's any good now with Tyreek Hill, and he was shut down yesterday. For my money, I think you at least have to consider getting a first and a second in the upcoming draft and then a third, a fourth, and a fifth in the following draft. That's what the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill. I think you'd have to consider that if somebody came to the Vikings with an offer like that. And I think you have to consider taking a quarterback in the first round uh, next year and see if you find your guy of the future. So I just said three for 90 for Cousins, unless they can draft a guy who they think can take over at the position. Then I'm not sure I'd go that far. Then maybe you do bring Josh Dobbs back as a bridge quarterback and train up a first-round rookie behind him. What What would you think about that? Todd, I love these conversations because this is the masterpiece of putting together and building your team. Mm-hmm. I am 100% with you. Jefferson is not untouchable anymore. No. We have won four in a row without him. Yep. Coincidence, uh, no one can argue he's not top five. No one can argue that. I right. mean, if you do, people will disown You're not paying attention, so yeah. That, that, that means that he is worth a high, high, high draft pick. Yep. I would go as far to say that, again, nobody likes to trade within the division, but the Bears are going to get two high draft picks. Would they take a Jefferson for one of their two picks? Maybe. Yeah. Right? They might. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden you sit back and you go, wait a minute, Addison could be a number one, it looks like, but he's small and frail. He could get hurt. Powell's looking like he knows what he's doing. There's free agency and wide receiver is very rampant. Yep. So you could maybe find somebody in there. And I'm not even off of K.J. Osborne. So yep. I'm with you, Todd. I fully believe that he is not untouchable. And I think you'd say the same thing to him in a closed-door meeting. Now, Jefferson, we want to pay you. But we got to build a team. So if we're going to build a team, how can we pay you $40 million per year and expect to build the right pieces around you? Yep. It's impossible. So I'm 100% with you. I know we yeah. got to go, but thanks yeah. for the question. I love that stuff. Yeah, I'm not necessarily advocating for that just yet. I want to see how the rest of this year goes. But I think it's something that they're talking about uh, in the Vikings front office. They have to consider that. You have to look at all possibilities. So. I'm sure they're thinking about it. Once the offseason comes around, I'll be more definitive whether that's what I would do or not. But it's sure on my mind right now, that's for sure. Uh, Greg, thanks so much. Uh, I loved playing Eagle Creek yesterday. It was in great shape. I didn't make a par on the back nine and shot 37. Uh, So I I had a a lot of fun uh, yesterday out there at Eagle Creek. I'm I'm sure you did as well. Everybody knows Todd had five birdies yesterday (laughs) and killed it. Shot 76. That's right. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Chad, for taking care of all the leaves for us. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of fun. It was a great day. The course was in terrific shape. Greg, thanks so much. Thank you, my friend.
Greg Snow joining us here on the Todd and Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends Podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.